Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 79 with special guest Johnny Tong. Johnny, we've missed so much great stuff already in our preamble chat up to this. Uh, how's it going? What are you up to? Why, why are you here talking to us and who are you? <laughs> that was six questions at once, but pick, pick whichever one you want to answer. Uh, hello, hello. My name is uh, Johnny Tong, as um, Christian mentioned. Uh, I am here because I initially reached out to, to Chris, uh, who was gracious enough to um, uh, be really generous with his time. So we recorded an, uh, a podcast for my, my podcast, which is called Buy, Grow, Repeat. Um, I am a SaaS founder and started a podcast, uh, which was all because of you, Christian, because um, uh, I reached out to you about um, following your following this podcast uh, in particular and talking to you about what I've been up to. And you said, hey, I would love to listen to a podcast if you decide to start one. So I said, OK, well, that just lit a fire in me. Um, so that's how my podcast, Buy, Grow, Repeat, got started. That makes me feel so good. I'm, I'm so happy to have inspired you. Uh... I'm so glad that you're a listener. And I've listened to several episodes of Bugger Repeat. They're very good. I'm very happy that you're uh, producing. And I, I wish more people would be doing that sort of thing of uh, talking about what they're working on. Uh, I will say I haven't listened to most of them, but it's not because I don't like it. It's because I stopped listening to podcasts. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm like taking more notes and, and generating more things myself. Uh, so yeah, we'd, we'd love to help you. Uh, Chris, can you... Can you read the message or at least say from memory of what Johnny messaged you of uh, of how he would like help because I was uh, interested in his phrasing. Yeah, it, it was it was something like, uh, can you do for me what, what you do to Christian, which is uh, slap the nonsense out of him or something like that. <laughs> or, yes. get, or get rid of the distractions. I, I don't remember the, the yes. wording, but yeah, it's basically yes. so, a, a, uh, aggressively help. Johnny, my understanding is you... Uh, are in a very similar position to me right now of like having a whole bunch of stuff that you're focused on uh not sure what the next thing you want to be working on is uh and I, I think you just want to like lay out what your choices are and then chris and i uh probably mostly chris can uh be sort of like your boss as a service and give you some advice and direction of what it seems like the, the best way to go forward is does that sound right yeah exactly so my phrasing was uh can i get some chris as a service and uh, yeah, yes, I was, I was thinking, hmm, what, what's going to be uh, the landing page going to be like? Why probably with a big uh, uh, Chris saying something <laughs> <laughs> with his, with his uh, hot takes, uh, some famous quotes. Um, yeah, so I, so by Grow Repeat is around the, the journey, just very similar to um, Makers.dev. I recorded with uh, a co-host, Matt. Um, so we both acquired uh, um, businesses from, uh, well, online businesses. He's a, a WordPress expert. And interestingly, he um, recently just sold uh, his WordPress plugin. Uh, for me, uh, it's more a traditional um, uh, Rails app. Uh, it's called SurveyBot, which I acquired a little over a year ago. And... Um, it's just been, we've been documenting the journey in terms of ne the negotiation, which isn't really talked about that much, um, uh, how things get transferred over, um, migration, the difficulty of understanding uh, taking over an app versus kind of building something from scratch, which uh, has a lot more content, right? Of these solo founders, uh, software developers, having an idea and building it and trying to grow that uh, with buying and with vetting is a slightly different process. I mean, there's a lot of similarities uh, after you acquired it, you try to grow it, uh, but it's somewhat different. So we're, we're trying to bring some um, insight and perspective from, from that angle. Okay. So to, to try to repeat that back, you, uh, the, the podcast by Grow Repeat is mostly focused on, uh, how you and Matt are acquiring businesses to grow them. Mm -hmm. um, your particular project in that, which is something that you made, is SurveyBot. You made SurveyBot? 
No, no, no. I acquired it. Uh, and, acquired it. Uh, okay. a, yeah, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and, and Matt he... did Matt did the same for for his. Uh, so he kind of went full circle. Uh, he acquired it about two years two years ago. His uh, WordPress plugin grew it, and then recently, well, just in the past week, just sold it um, for for a pretty pretty good return. Uh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Is that your goal as well to? grow SurveyBot so that you can sell it? Or do you want to grow it and then run it? Well, I always have, I always want to keep my options open. So everything that I buy, even some, even things that I build, I try to build them in a way that is sellable. That is, uh, if someone decides to knock on my door, that is ready to be sold. So I'm trying to keep those best practices in place, you know, keeping accounts separate, Stripe accounts, keeping um, uh, yeah different Gmail accounts uh, or G Suite accounts, so that uh, if someone wants to buy something from me, I don't have to go through the credit card and kind of split out all the different expenses, which um, I think you've you've uh, Chris has mentioned when that's uh, what I use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are you here for help with today? Is it SurveyBot? Yeah, I mean, I think that the I think one of the things that might not um, been talk about a lot is sort of this m most of the stuff is mental right it's is being able to describe a problem to someone else as a solo uh, business owner or solo founder just being in your own head because um, i think there's like a ton of data, uh, information if you want to um, look at to, to learn about seo marketing or um, conversion optimization code customer support hiring um uh, contractors, all of this stuff could be probably learned on YouTube or blog posts. Uh, I think a lot of it is, it comes down to when you're um, solo business operator on a Monday morning, you wake up and you've, you're looking at all these support uh, requests or you're looking at the, your conversion funnel, not up to, uh, not really optimized. Like how do you approach um, fixing things in what order. And I think that's kind of what um, I get a lot, a lot out of when you're talking to uh, Christian and when Christian is talking to, to you, Chris, right? Is that clarity, that mental clarity um, that comes out of that. And I, I really, and, and the reason why I reached out is because, well, I think for the, probably for the previous two, three, four episodes, I think there were these moments where I go, Wow, there's a lot of clarity that got brought out. Um, usually, it's on um, uh, Christian side because you seem to have a ton, just a ton of energy, a ton of ideas, and Chris would um, just walk through uh, what you're going through and give it to you straight, right? Where, where well, that's a huge distraction. This is a great idea, but you know you shouldn't be doing it. Um, uh, so I'm just kind of looking for. Some of that, I don't know, call it, um, uh, wait, what is it? What's the term? mastermind? Yeah, call it a mastermind, private mastermind group or uh, consulting uh, Chris as a service, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm trying to look, look for or rubber rubber ducking the uh, the problem. Let's, let's do it. What's, what's, <laughs> let's, let's do it. What's the, what's the problem? What's, uh, it sounds like things are going pretty well. You've, uh, got a podcast talking about how you're buying these businesses and growing them and selling them and uh, you have things structured in a way so that uh, you're doing these best practices to be able to sell them and keeping all your finances separate. Uh, sounds like SurveyBot's going pretty well and you've got other projects going on. Uh, how would you like your life to be different than it is right now? Uh, well, it's actually not going really well. So SurveyBot, I've, been, uh, I've acquired it for a year and um, I mean, the revenue has been pretty flat. So uh, I think it, I really need to clear up my mind uh, so that I can look at what to do next. Um, uh, right now, the conversion funnel I feel is, is somewhat broken. Um, I think there are a host of, of, of issues and I'm looking to share um, what I'm seeing in the funnel and, and see how I 
how Chris would approach it or, or Christian you would approach it in, in terms of prioritizing, in terms of what to, what's, what to do next if you were my managers. So, um, okay. Um, let's start with a, can we start with a high level level overview of what SurveyBot is, like what, what its features are and then who buys it, like what type of people use it? Great, great, yeah. So SurveyBot is a platform that makes it easy to conduct surveys on Facebook Messenger. Um, there's also another uh, segment of customers using uh, Facebook Workplace, which is sort of a competitor to Microsoft Teams. Um, so two large segments. Um, and uh, our sub-segments, so uh, some Facebook Messenger is used for lead generation. Um, uh, so it connects to a Facebook page. Uh, a bot could be created um, via SurveyBot. Uh, it, get, it gets linked to a Facebook page. And when someone uh, message, uh, messages a, uh, your business Facebook page, uh, a survey could be uh, run and collect responses. So just, just for that one person or for like, uh, the whole page? For the whole page, basically. Okay. So when you're talking to the page, you're actually talking to a bot, and the, and the bot's uh, purpose is to run through the survey. I mean, you can have you can design different bots, but SurveyBot's purpose is to do that. And so Facebook's platform is sort of being used by SurveyBot to to help um, to help um, non-technical users, let's say, you, uh, as a no-code solution to create a bot. So there are people doing lead generation or marketing agencies using that to uh, to do their market research because um, they're looking for people to uh, collect uh, survey responses to. So these marketing agencies could be, or research agencies could be in academia, uh, they could be in um, political campaigns or uh, brand, let's say brand research. Are these big companies buying it or small companies buying it? Or like like one yeah. person on a team buying it? It's a diverse group, let's say. Um, these research agencies could be you know, global research agencies. Um, there are also sort of single uh, consulting firm. Uh, so that, that owner could be trying to use uh, Facebook uh, Messenger to qualify leads. Yeah, but I would say those are not really good customers, I guess, because those are harder to onboard. Um, it, it, it's, this is more like anecdotal data. Yeah, it just seems that they're not not, not a really good customer segment, um, at, at least for now. So I'm I'm leaning towards those research agency groups because they would constantly have these um, have a need. Um, and also the other group would be the Facebook workplace uh, companies because they would sign on. Um, they might want to do uh, every quarter uh, a survey on employee satisfactions if you're in a Fortune, I don't know, 500, Fortune 1000 company. Probably it's leaning towards the smaller smaller ones, probably not like Fortune 500 because those it becomes harder a harder sell. Uh, right now, the whole thing is self on uh, is self onboarded, um, especially on the Facebook Workplace side, because people, if they're using face Facebook Workplace, then um, it's part of the marketplace. Okay, is that the primary way that people find you on the marketplace? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, and are there other competitors that do this too? Like, how many other survey bots are there? Yeah. So the so the Competitors are not exactly using Facebook Messenger. Um, these could be more traditional HR solutions where, um, so, so this is talking about the Facebook workplace side. Uh, these people, these companies could be more traditional HR tools where an HR department would use a tool to not just um, collect data via this, these surveys, but also set OKRs, um, have a template for managers to uh, use to manage goals uh, for different teams. 
and yeah so so that's i would say um it's not a it's not directly doing what SurveyBot is doing but it's 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 what people use as a substitute it's more um, and then on the other side is well there's obviously type forum google forums you can always use a forum to do these type of um surveys uh, the difference is that while well, you're not really tapped into the messenger you uh, 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 user experience because you have to go through they have to jump to another website to finish to accomplish that task okay um so i have more questions i could ask you but the first thing that i'm thinking is uh i haven't looked at your site yet but is any of this written down on your site um so for example for acorn chat i just went through april dunford's process of like making a buyer's guide basically where you specifically talk about competitors and you talk about like you just told us why it's different than google forms why it's better and then how it's different from the hr solutions how it's maybe not better but just different a different use case um so yeah is that on your site anywhere or uh do you have content around that uh no <laughs> so okay. my content marketing is definitely lacking at this point um it's been something that i've yeah i've been having trouble kind of um putting a, my finger on uh, focusing on one customer segment like i tend to flip-flop between different things right depending on what the latest customer support requests are so yeah i relate to that yep <laughs> Yeah. So, so what in in that sense? Um, I I definitely oh I definitely have seen um, your page after uh, you put together that guide. Um, like for example, one of the first questions you asked was, "Do you have do you use Slack?" Right. I think that's one of the most right. obvious questions for Acorn Chat. Right. And then if yes, then do you have fewer than fifteen employees or some some questions yeah. like that? Right. So how would you approach um, when, when you mentioned that, um, how do I, how, how are you thinking of applying to SurveyBot? Is it these like alternative pages, alternative to, or? You, you could do that. If, if you have um, nothing, I would start with a, a slightly more generic thing. Like, um, hmm, what would I do? Uh, I, I would definitely get some information. Like, because when people, if, if I were to hit this page, I would say, well, I could just use a Google Sheet. Right. So why wouldn't I just do do that? And so um, let's see, what, what would I do? Christian, you want to jump in here while I'm thinking about stuff? Yeah, I think I think I would focus on the, the job they're trying to get done. So what I'm hearing from your descriptions is there's two categories of people who need to get surveys done. The first is like lead gen and market analysis, where people are doing cold outreach to people through Facebook. And the second is... Uh, employee satisfaction surveys. It sounds like for people who are on some sort of Facebook business thing that I don't understand, but it sounds like that it's like a business who already has uh, employee accounts and they manage the rest of their business HR stuff through Facebook. So for each of those things, you, you know, getting, well, uh, let's, let's tackle one of them at a time. Um, if I'm trying to get employee satisfaction surveys, the question that I would want to answer from you is, What's the best product for me to get my employee satisfaction surveys? That's that's the ultimate thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to see how satisfied are my employees, and I want to know. I I don't know anything about employee satisfaction surveys and what the software looks like, other than this is a thing that I want because it's important for me to see uh, if my employees feel satisfied. I would love to go to a landing page or watch a video made by you that said, "Hey, you're trying to do employee satisfaction surveys. Uh, that's great. It's great because when you know how satisfied your employees are." you can uh, better manage your human resource assets. And that's gonna save you so much time and money and like people quitting and you didn't know that they were so dissatisfied for so long. And think of how much money you'll save by not having to hire recruiters and things. Okay, we've established we're on the same page. You understand me and why I'm trying to get employee satisfaction surveys. Uh, now I want you to walk me through like, how do you pick an employee satisfaction survey? This is a very complicated landscape and uh, <laughs> it's, you, you could do it wrong. Uh, First of all, uh, do you have some sort of an internal way to do surveys already? Because if you do, it's probably going to be the easiest thing to do that. Um, the, the question I'd be most interested in, I, I know nothing about this space, but I'm curious why this would be better than email. Uh, why, why should I send my employee satisfaction survey through Facebook instead of just sending everyone a mass email to an Airtable form or a, or a Google Sheet form or something else? 
why what does Surfabout do that that helps me better that or that helps a particular type of customer uh, that why the Facebook message would would be better? Because they're already on it. it. It's it's sort of like you know, if a company is already using Slack, then having a channel and having a bot right there, it's easier than you can always slack them a link to a Google form to a type form. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not you, at the end of the day, you still have to do the collection. Anyway, you have to, you have to go to another user in interface. So mm -hmm. having all the employees already on that chat platform, um, some people like it because they, they feel that there's no hop right from within what's familiar. Uh, to some other website. Love it. Yeah, great answer. Um, so, so one of the one of the pieces of advice that you can give to uh, employers who are trying to navigate uh, this complicated map of how to get employee satisfaction surveys is you can you can tell them, hey, if your employees are already on Facebook Messenger, uh, SurveyBot's going to be the easiest way for you to go forward because. Uh, it's going to be zero friction for your employees. You're going to get a really high response rate. Uh, you can send it much more frequently because it's just going to come up in the messaging app that they already have open. Um, and then you'll be able to get instant results. Uh, and then like Chris walked through with his uh, analog of this for Acorn Chat, uh, be honest about like who this is not for. If your team lives in Slack, this is not for you. Maybe, maybe research a little bit like what a better... Uh, survey platform tool would be for people who are in Slack. Or if your company lives in email, uh, this is not a tool for you. Um, yeah, that's that's the sort of thing that they're looking for. And I think you can apply the same sort of process to uh, people doing surveys in lead gen. Like if your customers, if the people who you're trying to get information from are living on Facebook, if they're all, you know, chuggy uh, <laughs> uh, moms, uh, this this is the best way for you to do that sort of market research. Yeah, so I'm taking a look at your site now, actually, and and you actually have a lot of information on here. It's actually really good. Um, one thing, let's see. Do do people who are coming to the site already know what chatbots are, and do they already know what surveys are? Uh, I th yes, so they do. They do know because I think the SEO term that um is the best optimized survey, well, basically survey bot or survey chat bot that tends to get quite a bit of traffic. So I think the intent is already there. Um, that's the, where the majority of traffic is coming from. Okay, so you already have traffic. Do you know where people are falling off? Like how far they get into the process? Uh, well, that comes down to, I guess, um, looking at the funnel and seeing whether it's uh, it's optimized or not. So um, right now, the way to convert them right now, because it's free, it's a freemium model, so they can just um, log in or sign up for for an account uh, with no credit card required. Um, and that, let's see, I'm just trying to pull up the percentage there, so. I would say it's around still like a single digit conversion, a single digit percentage conversion in terms of from free to paid or from no 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 from from traffic to sign up uh, for oh. free for a uh, for an account yeah okay it, I think that's reasonable yeah 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 mm -hmm. depending on um, depending on your source of of traffic single digit conversion can be okay. If it's super high intent and you're only getting single ver single digit, then that might be too low. But if it's like general visitors, all gen all visitors, and you're getting single percentages, then that that's probably mm -hmm. okay. Um, I mean, it may not feel okay, but I think that's expected anyway. Yeah, yeah, I feel it's yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, I think it's more about the sign up um, to paid. So basically, the the they, they've signed up, and they probably um, are starting to create a survey. So, I mean, some some of these accounts, I noticed that they they don't really even create um, a survey. So I don't know. Maybe it's just 
it could be bots it could be people just are curious they're just curious of what this thing is and they just want they don't mind giving up um, their email so they come in and then be done with it uh have you tried any like reach out to any of these uh people so have you like um sent a personalized uh oh yeah this is something that you could do have you sent personalized uh emails saying like hi sue saw you signed up uh i'm the the founder and uh if you need anything let me know um at least that um if not more direct like if you want to book a call or something like that with a link yeah i did and i don't get a lot of responses on those things okay yeah so i'm, I'm starting to wonder whether actually the quality of the traffic whether a lot of it is just just um bots trying to <laughs> i don't know like do some something funky could be yeah it's surprising to me you said you said most people who sign up don't create a survey is that right uh i would say 50 50 50 yeah it's 50 50 and then yeah. sometimes they would create a survey but then it's possible that they they're they're struggling with um hooking up to to their facebook page i would see sometimes where a survey is created so they um because in terms of creating a survey it's single player mode so it's easy to create a survey and just see how it works and there's a WYSIWYG um editor which is easy for them to um look at preview the survey but then after that i'm i don't see a lot of responses and i think that's the the, the trip wire right that is that once they hit a 50 50 responses then it actually will ask them for their credit card so if they don't even have any responses um i wonder like what's what's happening um even if you if they preview if they try to preview to, to try to fill out uh the survey themselves um that would be a single response so so perhaps even for those people that are creating a survey um, that traffic quality could be low that people are just trying to play around with different different things online one thing i would do there then I, like uh i mean you could i would do a few things i suppose and i'm gonna give you lots of ideas and give you even more ideas than you have which is not a, a good thing maybe but um i would definitely do an onboarding sort of uh thing where you watch someone actually use your product for the first time um uh however you can't like friends or you know that whoever uh it could be a real customer or it could just be a friend and um you'll probably learn a lot so like it sounds like you there might be some like things that are tripping people up so i would do that um i would also if you're unsure about how many signups are bots uh you can find out relatively easily by putting like honeypot fields in your signup form and things like that so i would do that and um if you don't know what that is i can uh help you out with that but um yeah then you'll at least know how many are bots um i was gonna say something else oh yeah i would also like if you if you're finding through your onboarding thing that like a lot of people are creating a survey and like they're having trouble putting it on their um their page then i would definitely for all those little trip up points i would have automated email triggers i don't know what your back end is but if it's easy enough to say like this person created a uh, survey and then one you know one day later it's not on any pages then you know send them an email saying uh i see you have some trouble you know is there anything i can help with yeah, yeah. um those are some of my ideas you can use user list for that sort of uh <laughs> product yeah i have a suggestion so i i just went through your onboarding as we were uh talking about this and it felt frictiony um in a way that i can't quite describe i think the, the thing that I'm hunting for is when I, I so I'm, I'm going to have some sort of an intent when I'm searching for this thing of like, I want to conduct a, uh, a user satisfaction survey, or I want to do a, an employee satisfaction survey. I want to be able to land on a page where you're able to tell me, hey, you're trying to do an employee satisfaction survey. That's good because this is the benefit that it gets you. Uh, here are the questions that you should probably ask in an employee satisfaction survey. Uh, number one, are you satisfied? <laughs> number two, uh, are you dissatisfied? I don't, I don't know what you put on this. Uh, and I want to be able to edit those things, but have it pre-filled out for me. Um, just like right there in the landing page, I want to, I want to change what the thing says. So like maybe customize it with my business uh, uh, name or something. 
And then I want a big green button that says launch survey. And when I click that button, I want it to say one more step. We just need your email and password because you don't have an account yet. And then I want to type that in and then say go. And then I want it to say great. Uh, you can preview it here. And then I saw you have that little two step thing where you have to like uh, authenticate it through messenger and then, and then I actually get it. Um, but then, you know, the, the next, the third step would be uh, take this form yourself to make sure everything's working. Uh, and then the fourth step would be like, however I deploy this, however I actually send this out. Um, but I, what I would want to see is doing the user, uh, the, the user testing for onboarding, like Chris is saying, I, I want to be able to see that someone who'd go from landing on the page to deploying that survey with no, no prompting of like, uh, being shown how to do stuff ahead of time within five minutes. Um, I want to see that they can land on the page and then deploy it and get their first survey result. Um, and it, it, it wouldn't take a lot. It's just like moving things around, uh, as they currently are in your onboarding. Um, but that. I think would reduce a lot of the friction that you're seeing and then um, in the uh, sales funnel. It's, it's really surprising to me that fewer than 50% of people conduct, uh, create a survey that, that seems uh, that like, like I'm wondering if there's a bug or something where if they're on a certain size of screen, they're not able to see the field to be able to <laughs> create it or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. I was going to say what Christian suggested is a pretty good idea. Like if, uh, people see a blank text field, then they like might freak out and like not do anything. But if they see what type of survey are you trying to create, you know, yeah, user user satisfaction, employee satisfaction, like have you know like five different options, and then a like custom or blank, you know, start with a blank one, um, then that'll get past that blank text field thing because they just click on the button because they know what kind of survey they want to do. Um, Which he does have. Once you're oh, through okay. the onboarding, there's there's four different uh, categories of oh, ones: just... lead generation, customer feedback, market research, and trivia. Um, I just I just want to see those pulled into the landing page. Um, I, I want that information like moved two steps before before I create the the account. I see. Right. I see. Hey, so did you mean Christian? Did you mean moving even the creation step ahead of the account account creation? Or the well, even user creation in this case. So yes. they're creating. Okay, that's that could be which, interesting. Which like it's not actually creating. Just save it in like local storage and then hide that in the form when they're creating the account. And then when you actually create the account, create it with the first field. Um, going through a little bit more of the onboarding, I didn't realize there were five steps to be able to to create the survey. Um, for their first one, there's all these settings of like you know what do you do if someone revisits your survey after starting it. Uh, for my very first survey, I don't care. That's that's like advanced settings uh, yeah. that like don't don't show me this for my for my very first one. Yeah. Um, and then you have reminders, uh, like just give me a sane default, and then don't don't have me fill this in. Don't even show this to me. Um, and then campaigns, I think I'm confused what this is. I'm, I can pay for this to be a Facebook ad. I don't I don't know what campaigns does. Um, but I think whatever it is, like I think I don't care about it for my very first survey. Um, for the for the very first thing, for like the very first onboarding, get me to the yeah. value as quickly as possible. Get me get me a response from a person, also with a minimal set of questions. Um, something else I noticed was there were there were like nine or ten questions in the, the survey that I picked. Um, yeah. Make me a survey with like three questions and get me there within five minutes of signing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the challenges um, which I've never faced is when you are building something on your own, you know every single corner, right, of, of the app. I feel when I've inherited this, um, I'm still learning things. And it feels scary to sort of deprecate things and remove things because you're wondering whether you would ever need them. Because I think in terms of the when I acquired it, I thought this was a good value acquisition because in fact, there's, I think there's way too much stuff. I feel this product could be even simplified by removing certain things and it would reveal some of the value, like just the, so, so I, it feels like on this call, one of the first thing I should do or, or one of the things I should ignore is certain customer segments should be ignored for now 
and just focus on, for example, this Facebook workplace segment, because it's already part of a marketplace, right? Very similar to Acorn Chat, where I'm already on this um, uh, exclusive marketplace and as a, as a Facebook partner, um, and just try to figure out a way to to smooth out the onboarding process and to see even if people don't convert, what, what are the reasoning? Is it because, well, in, in the end, you know, they figure something that's missing that SurveyBot is just not able to fulfill. Um, and then if I can figure that part out, at least I can decide to pivot or not at that point rather than now I'm just kind of spread all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And there's, I think, two things you could do to help like so so i heard that you're like afraid to touch things and stuff so uh one thing would be add more instrumentation to it so like know how you know how many things are bots know where people fall off know like even just like how many people actually use this feature so like you talked about advanced features um try to either write some queries or maybe you have to add some things to like see if people even hit pages um and then the second thing is if you're afraid of removing things because people use them you can always just hide them behind like an advanced features field um, so like your, yeah, like Christian said, you want your main flow to be super simple, like as simple as possible. And then everything else can be a configuration and setting on like a more hidden page. Yeah. Like, like for example, this, uh, when Christian says that these advance, I totally agree. Those advanced app, uh, uh, settings for, for campaigns and after the fact, um, if I decide to remove them, then <laughs> there could be different consequences that I'm not even aware of right now. So part of it is to figure out, well, should I <laughs> figure out a, a, like a B, like a AB, it's almost like an AB test where there's a B flow. So when I'm testing my marketing copy with the jobs to be done, um, you know, the job specific page, similar to uh, what Chris talked about um, in April's Dunford's talk, um, go through that marketing page, which leads to the the um, the B flow uh, onboarding, um, and then, but it it just feels like yeah, it just feels like kind of complicated to, because you you you're almost like adding on more complexity in the in in the uh, immediate term. And then you're trying to figure out your answers and then try to go back and clean it up, right? Um, if you're talking about A-B testing landing pages or A-B testing like user flow, you you don't need to do that. Like a simple- No, no, no. It's, it, no, it's, but no, but it's, it's some, there are certain things that might look sort of simple on the front end where, oh, why don't you remove this step? But I think some of the settings, once they're removed then this whole sort of, survey lifecycle in the back end becomes uh, unpredictable because I didn't I, then I have to start tracing out the code right to figure out like why something isn't working mm -hmm. and yeah yeah but but it's, it's something that I, I'll have to look into anyway so yeah it's it's something that um, yeah I'll, I'll have to look into yeah that is a tricky problem that's not that's not what I'm familiar with like because <laughs> all my stuff I just make so like Doing backend changes is, is uh, trivially easy for me. Uh, I, I don't think the solution is going to look like removing the feature. I think it's going to look like hiding it and then just you insert your default uh, for what it is. So mm -hmm. that, that could be as simple as some JavaScript that like, you know, does the CSS hide on the, the different pages um, and then make sure that your default values are entered in there and then clicks next. And then you show a graph of like, we're setting up your account. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I think it could all be done with JavaScript uh, without knowing too much about the, the internals of the backend. So we've talked a lot about, let's see, onboarding, user experience. Uh, I In your initial sort of uh, message to me, you talk, wanted to, I think, talk about, what was it, conversion or traffic? What what, what do you think is like the thing that you wanted to, to talk about the most? <laughs> Everything. Oh, <not> sure. <laughs> Everything. Okay, Everything, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so I think... I think I'm just in this sort of um, mess information overload. I'm in a somewhat, I have to be honest, I have to be, I'm in a somewhat frozen state because there are all these different, well, well, number one is 
I inherited the, the, the entire application and there are still parts that I feel um, that I'm uncomfortable changing. So I think on the surface, I, I can see logically why, oh yeah, there's certain parts of the onboarding. Yeah, you can just rip this out, make it simple, um, make sure the shortest path to, to value is, is clear to whoever who's, is new to this app. Um, but I think in the, um, on the other hand, there are so technology problems on the back end um, that I think it's just mainly just spending time trying to figure it out. Um, doing more support tickets will help me understand it, the app better. Um, there's the market understanding. Um, there is uh, copywriting, making sure that I can pick out one specific job or one specific customer segment and do testing. Uh, and then there's also, well, SEO optimization. Um, yeah, so it's just a basket of things. And I think, so So in a sense, I, I think the call that I wanted is more meta is as a founder, how would you approach this if you were my manager? Like how would you suggest that I ignore cer certain things and not touch those things? Yeah, I would, I would say that, so you have traffic, maybe it's not as high as you want, but you have it. It's also converting, maybe not as much as you want, but it is converting. Uh, or well, maybe I'll ask that question. Is it converting? You said it's flat. So are you churning and converting at about the same rate or, or, or what's the problem there? Yeah. So it's, um, it's not converting very well. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's very, it's fairly low. It's again, um, sign up to paid is in the single digits conversion. So I'm looking at, um, I, I feel, yeah, I feel for something like this, where I think the value prop is, is quite clear. Um, it's not a, it doesn't require any sort of tight integration, right? It doesn't, it doesn't require a non-technical user to go into their server and insert like a JavaScript snippet is simply just clicking on um, and, and connecting to their Facebook page. Um, I feel, yeah, the conversion is still, is still low. So I need to somehow fix this to get this back on track. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm hearing is like, you're sort of afraid to touch parts of it because you, so you inherited the code base. You haven't uh, maybe gone through all of the bits in detail. Um, and so even if you have good ideas about what to fix, uh, I think you are sort of nervous about touching the bits of code. So this is actually uh, one rare case where I might say that you need to do some coding uh, instead of marketing. Uh, oh, Chris, yeah. you never tell me that. What? No, I don't. <laughs> um, uh, so, but, but I would, so I guess I'd recommend a dual track. One is like, you can still do high level stuff, like get a friend and watch them get onboarded. Um, and you can talk to people in your market, right? So you can still do that kind of stuff, but I would only approach those calls right now to learn generally and not, not try to come away with any specific messaging. And then at the same time, I would look at, look at your backend. So go through every single file and every single line of code. If you, you know, feel like writing tests, writing tests might be a good way to like, make sure that you understand things. Um, and then you could also add some instrumentation to see like how many people actually, or run some queries to like see how many people actually use all the features. Um, and so what those two things together will do is get you a better understanding of the market and your flow, the onboarding flow and where things might be falling down and get a better understanding of the technology at the same time. And so like none of that's like a deliverable. And so maybe that's why you feel frozen because that feels like you might be spinning your wheels. Um, but as you get more detail, you know, more knowledge about your back end and about your market, you're going to naturally have lots of ideas about what to do to fix it. So um, that's what I say. It, it sounds like you're frozen because I think you think like learning the back end might be a waste of time or, or you're, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know. I think you'd hit the nail on the head, right? Like, like that, that, that is definitely like this, the, the moment of clarity for me is that when, whenever I'm opening up like a text editor, uh, I would feel this kind of voice in me, right. Telling me that, Hey, why, why are you, you know, waste, wasting your time, you know, go 
out and you know talk to users, try to figure out a way to so that they will respond to your your, your email. Um, um, try to uh, look at the marketing copy, right? Try to fix, try to fix the top um, top of the funnel or middle part of the funnel versus um, doing yeah rather than doing the coding. Um, yeah. I I think if you so you're you've probably have heard this talk before, but so if you go listen to Rob Walling's talk about I think it was when he acquired .NET Invoice, like he did all that marketing stuff, but first he spent like three months fixing the code. So like the first thing he did was like writing the writing the ship the, the code ship, um, uh, and it sounds like maybe uh, you you haven't done the deep technical dive yet. That would help, I think. Yeah, and I think a part of it is also <laughs> DevOps challenges. Uh, what, that's one of the surprises that I got. So I initially I hired um, the original uh, founder of the app. So the the app was. Uh, it's about five years old. So initially, when like chatbots was uh, all the rage, uh, the initial founder created it, um, and then I think eighteen around eighteen months later, he sold it to another larger company, um, and that company didn't really do much with it. Um, so it let it let it um, just sat there. It still generated revenue. I think they they did a bunch initially, um, and then they just got uh they just want to get rid of it and that's how that's when i came in um um so uh the when i hired the original founder um he moved it to a different um, infrastructure on aws and i think that also increases uh, sort of the technical knowledge required because now, you know, there are like Docker images involved. There are like uh, different services involved, which I haven't really touched um, for a long time. And, you know, they're, they're all new. There are all these new things, right, coming up. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that increased also the burden on just maintaining something, just keeping it up and running. If I need to um, update a package, um, just having to go through that, you know, continuous delivery or continuous integration cycle is is um, quite challenging for me. I have an insane suggestion that I just have to get out there. What if you recode serverless? The entire app? <laughs> serverless it could, it could be serverless. You want to make it serverless? What if you record it from scratch? For sure, I think we should definitely, definitely just start from scratch and i'll be for real though like if uh, i'm hearing there's a lot of friction in the, the the way this was made from a devops perspective they're using docker containers you don't like Docker containers you're a developer you have your own ways of that you like the things that you're familiar with for sure uh, yeah. what if you just re and you know this it's not like you're it's not like you're creating the entire app from scratch like you can reuse all the views yeah uh, you know what the rough app layout is uh, none of these features are like ill-defined. If you want to, you can use the same language, so you can like copy over mm -hmm. the API stuff. But mm -hmm. in the process of doing that, you you will also do what Chris is suggesting, which is reading through uh, all the different code. Like you will have touched all the different parts of it, uh, and then at the end of that, you'll have this rock-solid thing that's been rewritten, that is uh, something that you totally understand, that uh, works with the dev the, the DevOps uh, structure that you like and that you understand, mm -hmm. um, and then you can go forward on marketing full force and. You know, when you hear a suggestion like, "Well, what if you move the uh, the survey creation to before the uh, user creation?" Uh, when you hear something like that, after you've recoded the entire thing and you understand the entire code base, you'd be like, "Oh yeah," because you know that would be you know if I just move this thing over there, then yeah, that would totally work. Um, Chris, tell me I'm crazy. Well, you are, but <laughs> oh, um, no. I was hoping. It, it, I was hoping for that. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how big the app is. It also depends on. So, which what language is it written in? Uh, Rails. Rails. And do you? What would you if you built a new app today? What would you use? Yeah, I'll probably. So I'll probably do it in JavaScript because I think okay. the parts of it. Yeah, that I think one of the issues that the original founder told me was. Um, this response time, um, which I think I've brought it up to you as well, that sometimes you could hit a very 
popular Facebook page. And then I think mes messages started to, to drop. So there, there's this ongoing issue that has never really been fixed because um, it was on this old infrastructure. So when he moved this to, to the new infrastructure, he thought it was going to fix the problem. But I, I still think it could be an issue just um, because of how um, like the characteristics of the, the usage, right, where you can hit a, where someone can send out, you know, 10,000 surveys in this in the same window, and then it just, it would just crash the things, messages started to drop, and um, it doesn't even gracefully degrade, I, I heard, yeah, uh, from, because you know. I did, I did some, <laughs> I did some um, interview with uh, previous <laughs> customers when I, when I took over. Christian's um, about to suggest serverless. I'm about to suggest serverless. That's it. That's why I love serverless so much. It just it automatically scales. It's so fast. I know. Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah. In my, in my dreams, I have like, yeah, thought about doing that, and then I wake up, and it was just a dream. <laughs> um, is this your full time thing? Are you trying to do this full time, or is this like one of many projects? Yeah. So, so I think that's another sort of mental hurdle that I'm trying to get over. Is that initially. Uh, when I when I found this, I thought, oh, this is like a fairly mature thing. Um, it, it the price was right, and I wanted to well buy, grow, repeat, right? So so when um, um, started to um, hire outside co contractors to to uh, maintain this, so that I can focus on the sales and the marketing, um, and um, and then look for the next app, right? Um, but it got to a point where this is like my first, yeah, my, the, the, the first app, um, and it's, it's more challenging than I anticipated. So I'm sort of in this spot where, um, I, I also have someone who is investing in, in, in this model, right. Where, um, we want to be able to have sort of a portfolio of, of small, well-built, um, well-run app so so in a sense there's this feeling of i can't let this go until uh the first app is the, the well is proven this model is proven with mm. when when n equals one um so there's there's that as well and and i think there's also a lot of kind of self-talk and to figuring out well like if, if this is already um something you know the, the first one is supposed to be a, a smaller one than compared to eventually want to buy like bigger apps then how do i even scale this if this is already quite a bit of a struggle yeah i can see that i mean it's tricky um hmm. when you ha when you think about this idea of this portfolio of small apps or portfolio of apps who do you see maintaining all of that do you see uh, yourself doing it or the this other investor or do you see um you hiring people like how does how does that work in your in your mind yeah i'll be hiring people so it will be um yeah hiring uh contractors and customer support uh people and um well part of the thing is that it, it has to be the, the app has to be good enough, right? That it, it can't be kind of falling down all the time or like the business can't be shifting all the time where um, someone is trying to actively uh, pivot all the time, right? There has to be somewhat, there has to be some stability. So in a sense, I'm thinking to, in terms of evaluating, well, is this just an outlier where if I can um, do another deal, uh, perhaps a bigger deal, uh, it will be, some of these problems will be gone, right? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you're all, there's always going to be problems <laughs> with apps. Um, yeah. For sure, yeah. So it, it's good that you're doing it on the small scale first, I would say, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, I think you have to... It sounds like you have to figure out what you want to do with it. If you want to try to sell it, then I would focus on the marketing and the onboarding. So learn just enough about the code base to figure out how to simplify the onboarding, how to, you know, then that's when you can start talking about like, you know, maybe running ads or something to show that you can drive traffic to it um, and then turn around and sell it. But if you want to 
keep it as in your portfolio, then I, I want you to be really comfortable with the backend, you know? So that either means investing in doing it in Rails, so like really learning the Rails code base, or maybe you start redoing it. Um, if you do redo it, I wouldn't try to do it all at once. I would do the very simplest thing that you could do. Um, but yeah, like if you want to keep it and run it for a long time, I think you have to be comfortable with the backend, which it sounds like you're not right now, so. The simplest thing you could do in that, by the way, is just make an app that just does onboarding and then the, the end result of that app is just whatever the smallest amount of data you need to be able to create an account in the actual app. And then you just make a make a bridge between those two. Yeah, just um, populate the database and then jump right, to the, right. the other app. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. What do you what do you feel like doing? What what does your, your brain tell you <laughs> is the best thing to do? Well, I, I, I'm aware that there's probably a lot of, um, what's it called? Sunk cost fallacy, right? That I'm trying to, yeah. it's possible that I'm chasing after, um, all the sunk costs, right. And, and all this time that has been put in, right. And, and it's looking, you know, vetting different deals and ending up on this one. So, um, and also there's a lot of, <laughs> Perhaps I'm also anchored to the positive feedback that I got from previous customers that I would interview and they're, they're excited to hear that, oh, there's a, a new person who's in charge and you know they, there are all these things, there's certain things that are broken, could be fixed by this new person coming in. Um, so my, as a, as, a, as a builder, I'm always trying to fix things, right? It, it, it interests me to, to fix things serverless i i actually looked at think i was thinking about oh this like a messaging messaging app oh maybe you should look into elixir and phoenix um <laughs> that that is the perfect mental model for something like this um i, I would uh, avoid using I, new technology but that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but at the, at the end of the day uh i think i also have to be responsible uh, to the person who's putting in the money, right? Um, to to evaluate with um, uh, a different lens, right? From the investor's point of view. So, yeah, I want to set a timeline to look at to clear up to clear my head to try to fix certain parts of it. Um, just like you said, Chris, on the marketing side, making sure it's clear and um, try try to see, well, there's traffic is constant um, to the to the page, so that's good. But at least can I fix the conversion part, then I can um, have a clear mindset uh, to see what, what is the next step or whether the next step would be to, to, to sell this. Yeah. The, the other thing you could do, so we're almost out of time, but I'll leave you with one more thing, which is, it sounds like you're having some difficulty with um, investing time in the certain areas, probably because you're a little frozen and you're already used to hiring contractors. Uh, one cheap way to do this is instead of hiring the contractor to fix the thing, you can hire professionals to come in. So like you could hire a really senior Rails dev to come in and just look at the code, right? Spend like a day on it, right? Might cost you, I don't know, a thousand bucks or whatever. And then give like basically a report to you. So like, you know, do a screen share for an hour and walk through the biggest problem areas that, you know, they find the, you know, their general feelings and stuff like that. Um, then you can do the same thing for onboarding, find an onboarding specialist, you know, just pay for a day of their time and have them walk you through it and then do the same thing for, you know, marketing copy. And so it's like, you know, after, you know, four or five days of paying professionals, you can have like a really uh, holistic lens of, of everything in your app. And mm -hmm. it's cheap. It's a lot cheaper than asking them to fix the thing. It's just asking them to look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the uh, motivation for the message sent to you, Chris. Okay. <laughs> and I did it for free, so there you go. <laughs> Even more clever. Um, we, we talked a lot about like the technical things and like the, the individual advice of how we might improve onboarding, but uh, Johnny, you keep pulling it back to like this idea of uh, mind frame and like uh, motivation. I'm, I'm curious if there's a deeper thing going on here. Um, it sounds like there's a complicated uh well uh perhaps a, a complicated motivation uh between you and your investor that like maybe maybe you feel some pressure to uh make this 
perform uh, and, and maybe feel like uh, 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 guilty that it hasn't. Um, and maybe some of the paralysis you're feeling is that you've tried a few things and none of them have worked and you're, you're just not feeling motivated to push this forward in any respect. And you're, you're waiting for like a really clear thing that like, this is the, the obvious thing to do to, to make this make more money. Um, I'm not sure what my question is, but I'm, I'm, uh, did, did, what's your understanding of like the, your emotional relationship with this project? Um, why, like, you know, nothing, nothing that I think we've talked about has been radical. It's been like, okay, well, here's some ways that you can improve onboarding and here's some suggestions of how you could get more familiar with code. Um, what do you think is going on that like, you're, you're not feeling motivated and, and confident to push that sort of thing forward? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. So I think this is the segment about my uh, childhood trauma or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, no, I'm just, no, I don't have any, I don't, well, I'm, at least I'm not aware of them. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> oh, that means um, definitely have them. Yeah, it's like sometimes, you know, you wake up and you're like, what is the purpose of life? <laughs> um, no, I mean, so, I, I guess the, the, the thing that attracted me was being able to, as, as a builder, I, I've tried to, I've built different things. And I remember in the initial stages of building was extremely hard because you could try to create something and you, you have a brilliant idea and then you start talking to people, right? Um, and, and, and I think that's already like somewhat of a leap, right? For a lot of builders, they just want to build, 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 right? And so um, when I try to do quote unquote, the right thing, there's always this sort of um, unclear picture that you initially your idea was very clear and then you start talking to people and they're not really buying your idea or your, your app idea or your, your, your prototype. And you kind of have to kind of meander through different stages and it's really expensive right? that time. So the idea of having, seeing something um, a, 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 an app that's already somewhat SEO optimized. Um, you could find apps that people are just not, they, they just don't have the time to maintain. It's, it feels like a good opportunity with, um, and you've talked about this, right? And that's why, well, Chris, you sold uh, your app to, to someone who, who wants to take it to the next level. So I think um, that there's a certain level of interest from me on not having to go through that, not having to go through that, well, brilliant idea and but spending all time trying to pivot around and in the end it may not be even that great of an idea right after several pivots so um yeah just trying to look for opportunity opportunities like that and i ended up on SurveyBot, and i was pretty excited when i acquired it because i thought wow this is something that i thought would be really difficult to acquire um because uh, most of the stuff you see, uh, either they're like super overpriced, at least when I was doing the vetting process, um, they're either like the multiples are pretty crazy or they they don't have any revenue, right? They're just sort of like a, like a toy side project someone built. So ended up with um, SurveyBot, I thought, oh, it just the, the, the thing is, while well, there's relatively low risk, even if um, this doesn't work out, I mean, it's not just, it, it's not going to be a huge, a huge loss. We can, we have, we can take a second shot, a third shot. Um, and, but the thing is like when, once, once you get into it, um, I think the thing I had some surprises in terms of, um, thinking that, oh, if I'm trying to grow something, it will be just the same way as if I build it from my, from scratch. But it's different. Even talking to, like even trying to figure out Facebook Workplace, like what what is that? Who is using it? Like who are interested in it? It, it feels not as easy as I initially anticipated. So I think that's, those are the surprises that um, I, I'm trying to um, get out of that. And and I'm also working solo. That has its benefits, but also um, drawbacks as well. 
Um, yeah, so there's a lot of self-talk, a lot of self-sabotage happening every single day that I'm trying to, um, right now, trying to get rid of. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, think that, that's, you know, thanks for the, the truthful, you know, like honest accounting of like the difficulties. Like, yeah, that's good. I think more people need to hear about it. Like it's not all, it's not all super easy uh, app building. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give you more homework, but two books that helped me with sort of self-sabotage and, and uh, self-talk and stuff are The War of Art. That's one of yep. them. <laughs> okay. And uh, The Artist's Way is another one. Um, and uh, the biggest thing I got out of The Artist's Way was uh, called Daily Pages. And so that's why, like we talked about this, this composition notebook I have all the time. So whenever I'm feeling stuck, I just force myself to longhand write out three pages. And it doesn't matter what I write. It just has to be three pages. And by the end of it, I always feel better. Like I always am more motivated and I have more, you know, like focus. Um, so maybe try that. Just longhand write up three pages about anything. Um, I do the yeah, same yeah. thing, but talking to myself in a auto dictation app oh, on yeah. long walks. Yeah, it works really well. I mean, yeah, it's about three pages and I'm a month stuck and just like feeling better about life in general. Um, I was most struck by the, the like you, you came to this with this idea that uh, buying a product with a with marketing in place and with uh, users coming in would fix the problems of trying to build SaaS from scratch, um, which is, I think, an idea that I have had uh, maybe up until this conversation. But like the reality of it is, there are still problems in that. And one of those problems is you're not as familiar with the code base, and it's harder to make changes. Um, and you know, you're not as familiar with why things were built in the way that they were built and who the people are, are that are using them, um, which makes perfect sense. It's just not something I was thinking of. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of like this this grass is greener mentality. That I think <laughs> like Chris and I when we came away from MicroConf, we we both had several conversations where we were like, oh man, you know, I, I just talked to this guy who's making, uh, you know, uh, uh, iPhone apps, uh, and he's making a million dollars a year. What are we doing? We should be we should be making <laughs> iPhone games instead. Uh, but you know, every everything comes with its own set of challenges, and uh, I think the meta game is just figuring out how to push forward no matter what the challenge is. Um, what I'm hearing, I think, I think my main takeaway from this conversation is is uh, the the core thing that would help you move forward is better managing the internal game, doing things like morning pages, just, just like consistently pushing forward. And then the, the business strategy, once you get into better headspace is, uh, do things that are going to be, uh, improving onboarding and focus on the niche of, uh, what customers need, who are these businesses conducting, um, uh, employee surveys. Does that sound about right? Mm -hmm. yeah it's all i would say 99 percent in my own head yeah arguably and... everything is 100 <laughs> percent. <laughs> the world is just a simulation you create with your mind <laughs> all right well uh we're after an hour so uh is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we uh wrapped up no, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being on. It's been cool. Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.